0: Hello there, and welcome to Goop Tales. I'm Maria Calanchini, the founder, writer, and narrator behind these original audio stories. Goop Tales is a storytelling podcast for children created to ignite your imagination, broaden your horizons, and introduce you to different cultures and exotic animals, while also sparking important conversations about character traits. Today's story... Was inspired by Titus. Titus, thank you for creating Bob Pothesis. You must listen to Titus's message about Bob Pothesis here because Titus has amazing energy and I want you to hear it. So take a listen.
1: Hi Maria, I love your good tales, especially normal. I was wondering if I could make one. His name is Bob Hypothesis. I was mixing up Bob and Hypothesis, and I was wondering. So this is his poem. When he's around, it's fun. But when it came to science class, it's ideal. Well, all be his so what i mean is when some when Miss wiggle butt calls on someone he interrupts and says that is non tone fluid so that was my idea and he gets sucked in in a science tube and he went to science museum of mo carlo oh sorry mo carlo oh. oh excuse me oklahoma I love you. Bye.
0: Now, if you want to see the drawings for Bob Pothesis, the real photos from San Francisco and the Exploratorium, and download a free coloring page for Bob Pothesis, just visit gooptails.com forward slash episode 110. In the previous episode of Goop Tales, we met Negotiati, a calculating goop who loves to negotiate. During a science experiment with Bob Pothesis, Negotiati got sent to the Chattachak Market in Thailand, where she got lost and then snatched up by a human girl who wanted her as a toy. Fortunately, there was a helpful street cat nearby who decided to help Negotiati while she negotiated her way out of her sticky situation. Then Negotiati was able to catch a ride on a magic carpet to get home. And once she arrived, she couldn't wait to tell Bob Pothesis all about her journey. But Bob Pothesis was stuck in a wind tunnel in San Francisco. Keep listening to find out how he landed there and what he needs to do to get back to Goop World. Goop Tales, episode 110, Bob Pothesis and the San Francisco Exploratorium. Bob Pothesis was a thoughtful goop. He always wanted to make sure everyone was part of the group. Thinking was his superpower, and he was almost never Dower. Oh, how Bob Pothesis loved his science class. He was very precise and knew every gas. Chapter One. Once upon a time, there was a very brainy little goop called Bob Pothesis. Bob Pothesis was always outfitted in a tiny lab coat with his name embroidered on it, and he carried around a pair of safety goggles, always ready for the next science experiment. He loved science and spent all his free time either studying science or doing science experiments. There was nothing Bob Pothesis wouldn't try in the name of science. One day, upon seeing Nevershare operate his remote-controlled car, and refusing to share it with Wainita, who wouldn't stop whining about how she wanted a turn. Come on, never share, don't be so greedy. Let me just give it a try. Bob Pothesis decided to create a balloon powered car for Wainita. He gathered together cardboard and bottle caps and assembled a homemade cardboard car with bottle cap wheels. Then he painted it black and red and poked a few holes in strategic spots. Next, he stuck a straw into one of the holes and put a balloon on the end of the straw. When the whole thing was put together, he proudly handed it to Wainita. Here you go, just blow up that balloon with the straw and then point the car in the direction you want to go. Said Bob Pothesis. Wainita was thrilled. She immediately stopped whining, took the car, blew up the balloon, and headed it straight in the direction of Nevershare. The car shot right into Nevershare's feet. Wh- what is this? Oh, it's so oh, amazing! It doesn't even need batteries, said Nevershare as he picked up the homemade toy and examined it. Wynita came flying over and snatched it from his hands. So sorry, but this is mine. Bob Pothesis made it for me, she said, as she merrily skipped away, leaving never share with his mouth hanging open. Bob Pothesis looked on, very pleased with himself and another successful science experiment. The rest of the goops loved it when Bob Pothesis was like this as they benefited from his weird and wacky experiments. But, and there was a but, the rest of the goops also knew that in science class, they weren't fans of Bobpothesis because He knew everything and was always butting in and correcting everyone. He always wanted his ideas to be heard first. And if ever Miss Wigglebutt asked anyone a question, Bob Pothesis made sure to jump in and answer it before anyone got a chance. One day in science class, Miss Wigglebutt told the goops that they were going to do an experiment. Class, today we are going to learn how to create a rainbow in a test tube. Does anyone know how this works? asked Miss Wigglebutt. Before Miss Wigglebutt could finish what she was saying, Bob Pothesis was wildly waving his hand around. I know, I know, I know how to do that, I know, he called out. Anoya rolled her eyes and murmured, "'Of course you do.'" "'Okay, partners, pick a partner and go to a station, please,' said Miss Wigglebutt, ignoring Bobpothesis, who could barely contain his excitement. Bobpothesis looked over at Excusia and said, "'Excusia, would you like to be partners with me?' Excusia nodded. She wasn't a big fan of science." so she liked partnering with Bob Pothesis because she knew he would figure everything out. Okay, sure, she said. The two of them found an empty station and rolled out all the supplies they needed for the rainbow-in-a-tube experiment. Bob Pothesis loved this part because it made him feel like a real scientist. Eye protection, he said, as he held up his ever-present safety goggles. This part is very, very important. I know, said Excusia. Next, we have rubber bungs to close our tube, he said, as he held up a rubber bung. Then we have a beaker, continued Bob Pothesis, as he held up a beaker. He announced each item as he gathered them. Excusia wasn't the only one who was listening. Sarcasta and Miss Chieva were standing nearby at their station, and they started to snicker at every announcement. <laughs> no
1: one knows what a beaker is. Why don't you tell us?
0: said Sarcasta in a very sarcastic tone. Bob Pothesis completely ignored her tone. And said, of course, a beaker is a cylindrical container with a flat bottom and a spout for pouring. I know, I know, said Sarcasta. Sorry, I asked. I was being sarcastic. Well, sarcastic or not, it is important that you know what everything is and how to use it. So I am going to tell you, replied Bob Pothesis as he lifted up a glass tube and put it in a stand. Enough, said Sarcasta. I know what that is, she continued as she pointed at the glass tube. But Bob Pothesis wouldn't stop. He picked up a tube of hydrochloric acid and said, now this is a very important component to this experiment. At this point, Sarcasta couldn't take it anymore, and she took her little notebook and slammed it on the station table, causing the tube of hydrochloric acid to tip sideways and spill onto Bob foot. He immediately shrank down to a very tiny size and was sucked into the tube. Excusia's eyes almost popped out of her head as she picked up the tube and looked for Bob Pothesis. He had vanished. Chapter Two. A fierce wind was blowing at Bob Pothesis's back. He squeezed his eyes shut and wrapped his arms around his lab coat. Wherever he was being blown away to, he knew it wasn't Goop World, and he wanted to keep his eyes closed for as long as he could. Finally, the wind died down a bit, and Bob Pothesis felt himself land on a hard surface. Slowly, he faced his head towards his feet and opened his eyes. Beneath him, all he saw was a red surface. But Bob Pothesis sensed something. Something that told him he wasn't standing on the ground. He hesitated to look up, but knew he had to. Just then, a little gust of wind came along and pushed him forward, bumping him into a red wall. Bob Pothesis's heart began to beat rapidly. Something was awry. Okay, he said to himself. One, two, three, look up. And he did. His heart almost pounded out of his chest. Bob Pothesis was very, very, very high atop a sweeping red bridge. He looked down on one side to see the ocean and a beautiful city skyline. Directly below him, he looked down to see cars far, far below, racing back and forth across the bridge. Bob Pothesis considered himself a scientist. He liked it when his feet were firmly planted on the ground and he was in control He did not like being on top of a tall bridge tower hovering over the ocean. He was terrified and was sure he was going to be sick. I have to get out of here, please, he cried in a tiny voice. Too scared to move very much for fear, he would fall over the edge. A tear dropped from his eye. And he watched as it fell towards the cars below and then disappeared. Don't cry. I understand. In fact, if I wasn't a seagull, I would feel the same way as you, said a sweet voice. Bob looked to his right to see a seagull standing on the platform right next to him. Instantly, he smiled and felt a little bit better. I'm sorry. I don't like it up here. I don't like heights, and this is the highest place I have ever been. I want down, said Bob Pothesis in a tense voice. I'm sure I can help, but I might need a little help, said the seagull. I'm blue, and I've only recently learned to fly, but I do want to help you. I just don't know if I can do it alone. But don't worry. We are in San Francisco, and there are so many seagulls here. I have loads of friends. Hmm, said Bob Pothesis, as he silently calculated how long it would take for Blue to gather up her friends, not knowing whether he would be able to hang on for that long not to mention that he didn't want to be left alone. Blue knew that Bob Pothesis was trying to hide his fear, and she wanted to distract him. Did you know that you are on top of the Golden Gate Bridge? And that is San Francisco, right over there, said Blue as she motioned towards the city. Bob Pothesis looked over at the city with its different-shaped skyscrapers and a large triangular tower. It was all lit up as the sun hovered in the distance. "'It looks very nice,' said Bob Pothesis, who still couldn't get his mind off how high up he was. "'Okay, I know you want to go down. Let me go and look for one of my friends.' We can help you, said Blue. Bob Pothesis nodded and put on his safety goggles. They made him feel more secure. He watched as Blue flew from the bridge and disappeared towards a beach below. Once Blue was gone, Bob Pothesis closed his eyes and decided to sing a little song to distract himself. Focus, focus on right here. Don't let my mind wander or it will go to fear. The sky is blue and... Bob Pothesis opened up his eyes to look at the sky, hoping to find a better way to describe it. But he was stunned when he saw that the sky was no longer blue. The sky was covered in a thick white fog, and suddenly there was a chill in the air. The fog was quickly creeping towards Bob Pothesis. Never having seen anything like this, Bob Pothesis adjusted his safety goggles and leaned towards the fog to get a better look. He was so close to the fog, he could reach out and touch it. So he did. And as he did, his entire body moved forward and Bob Pothesis fell off of his perch atop the Golden Gate Bridge and down, down, down towards the cars racing by below. If you're enjoying listening to Tales and want to show your appreciation, but don't know how, the best thing you can do to help us is to follow and share the podcast with at least two friends. The next best thing you can do to support us is to get any of the products available in our shop at shop.gooptales.com. We've recently updated our shop to include t-shirts with all the goops. And now we have posters too for episodes one through one hundred. We have several different posters. That's shop.gooptails.com. And thank you for your support. Chapter three The thick fog broke Bob Pothesis's fall, and he felt like he was surrounded by a damp marshmallow. He continued to fall towards the noisy traffic below as the fog buffered him along. Down and down he went until he was just hovering above the traffic. And then, kerplunk! The fog released him and he fell from the sky straight into the open sunroof of a very large car crossing the Golden Gate Bridge. Landing on a soft leather seat in the back of the car, Bob Pothesis looked up to see a charming golden retriever staring back at him. Everything okay back there, Murph? Said a man's voice from the front seat. The dog didn't say anything. He just looked at Bob Pothesis with his big brown eyes. We're almost to the beach, Murphy, and then you can get out said the man in the front seat. Bob Pothesis adjusted the safety goggles that he was still wearing and looked at Murphy. Then he put his finger to his lips and made the sound of silence. He did not want Murphy to let the man know that they had a new visitor in the back seat. Murphy just turned his head sideways to signify to Bob Pothesis that he would be silent. A few minutes later, the car came to a stop. The man rolled down his windows and said, Come on, Murph, let's go surfing. As he pulled his surfboard from the top of the car, Murphy whispered to Bob Pothesis, Stay here, I'll be back. Then the man opened the car door and Murphy hopped out and ran down to the beach with him and straight into the water as the man got on a surfboard. Okay, Murph, you stay here and I'll be back, said the man as he paddled out into the ocean beneath the Golden Gate Bridge. Murphy immediately turned and ran back to the car, stuck his head in the window and said, hop on. Bob Pothesis climbed out of the window and on to Murphy who took him to the quiet end of the beach and put him down. Now that we can talk, what in the world are you? And what were you doing falling from the Golden Gate Bridge? Asked Murphy. Bob Pothesis told Murphy all about everything that happened, starting with his science class in Miss Wigglebutt's class. He ended his story by saying, I don't quite understand how i landed in the world of humans. It is really quite magnificent here, but it isn't where I belong. I must find out how to reverse my experiment and make my way back to goop world. Murphy listened in awe. He had never met a goop before, and he found hypothesis to be most peculiar but very intriguing. Well, I don't know very much about science, but maybe I can point you in the right direction, said Murphy. There is a very large museum of science called the Exploratorium, and it isn't very far from here. Maybe you can find a way back to Goop World in the Exploratorium. That is a very meritorious idea indeed, replied Bob Pothesis. He stood up from the sand where he was sitting, adjusted his lab coat and safety glasses, brushed the sand off his coat, and said, Point me in the direction of the Exploratorium, please. It's a bit of a walk from here, said Murphy. What must be done, must be done, said Bob Pothesis. Now which way? Murphy turned him in the opposite direction of the Golden Gate Bridge and said, That way. Just then, they heard the man's voice coming towards them. Murph, what are you doing at this end of the beach? I've been looking all over for you, he said. Murphy whispered, good luck, and then ran toward the man, and they both disappeared down the beach. Bob was all alone again, but this time he didn't feel scared. He wasn't up high and he knew exactly where he was going. He had a plan. The Exploratorium. Apothesis started down the beach, keeping out of the way of humans. He ambled along, thinking about the experiment he would need to do to get back to Goop World. Then he heard a fierce, snarling noise, a noise that was getting closer and closer and fiercer and fiercer. Bob Pothesis turned around to see a very ferocious looking Doberman headed straight for him. Chapter 4. The Doberman was large and strong and fast, and laser-focused on Bob Pothesis. He lunged for Bob Pothesis. There was no time for him to run, duck, or hide. Instead, Bob Pothesis was frozen in horror as the jaws of the Doberman came straight him, seconds before the large jaws snapped shut, Bob Pothesis was lifted into the air by his lab coat. The Doberman jumped and snarled, desperately trying to reach his dangling feet just inches away, but it was too late. Bob Pothesis was being carried up and away by blue and her friend, Avery. They each held a corner of his lab coat in their beaks. I've been looking all over for you, said Blue. Looks like I found you just in the nick of time. This is my friend, Avery, and she is here to help. Avery glanced down at Bob Pothesis and nodded. Then she looked out over the horizon and continued to flap her wings. Where to? She asked. Exploratorium, answered Bob Pothesis without a moment of hesitation. Both Blue and Avery looked at each other quizzically and then flew in the direction of the Exploratorium. It wasn't long before they landed on top of the very large science museum in San Francisco. This is as far as we can take you, said Blue. You have been most helpful indeed. You saved me from the jaws of a very certain demise, and now you have delivered me to a science museum where I will make my way back home to Goop World. You have all my gratitude, said Bob Pothesis. Blue smiled and nodded, remembering that Bob Pothesis had a very particular way of speaking, but she liked it. Bob Pothesis walked around the roof of the building looking for an entry portal, and he found one in a large exhaust pipe that was sticking out from the roof. He squeezed himself in and slid down until he landed on firm ground. Bob Pothesis found himself In a far corner of the Exploratorium, and he was immediately excited by all that he saw before him. He was in a wonderland of science, with delights everywhere he looked. There were rainbow prisms spreading out over one area, a shadow wall in another, where humans were jumping up and down and having their shadows imprinted on the wall behind them, a sound machine A black tactile dome, an inflatable sculpture hanging from the ceiling, and so much more were in the Exploratorium. Bob Pothesis could barely contain himself as he tried to take in everything at once. And then his eyes drifted over to a row of very tall glass tubes that looked like oversized test tubes and he set his eyes upon them. For a moment, Bob Pothesis thought he was dreaming, but he was jolted out of his reverie when he heard a group of children screaming in delight. They were running in the direction of the large test tubes. Bob Pothesis quickly hid himself against a wall and watched from a distance as the children learned all about the large glass tubes and watched them fill with water at various levels to demonstrate the tide. It was an exhibit called Tidal Memory, where the tubes received data from the oldest tide station in the Western Hemisphere and filled with water to show the hourly tide levels. Bob Pothesis thought he had gone to heaven And all he wanted to do was go back to Goop World and recreate the Tide experience. He couldn't wait to show it off to Miss Wigglebutt and her science class. So far, he had managed to remain undetected by any human children, and he planned on keeping it that way. He had heard all about the little humans from Jealousina and I Dare You. And although he was intrigued, he just couldn't afford to get caught up with them. Bob Pothesis considered himself a serious scientist and he needed to get back to Goopworld and get to work on his tidal science experiment. He scanned the vast museum trying to find an escape plan when his eyes landed on a group of tiny humans gathered around a large, clear wind tunnel. They were sticking objects into the bottom of the wind tunnel that blew upwards, carried by a forced wind. The objects were tossed around and suspended in the air until one of the little humans turned the wind down and the objects fell back. That is most interesting and should serve my purposes, thought Bob Pothesis. His hypothesis was that if he could get into the wind tunnel, it would push him up and out into the ether, where he would disappear and then reappear in goop world. Being the scientist that he was, he had made a study of all of the goops that had gone to the human world. He knew how they entered and how they returned. And because it couldn't all be explained by science, he knew there was a little bit of magic involved. The wind tunnel was his combination of science and magic. Bob Pothesis carefully made his way around the tiny humans so no one noticed him. And then he climbed the table to where all the objects being stuck in the wind tunnel lay. Bob Pothesis laid down with the objects and made himself very still and stiff. With his little safety goggles and lab coat, he looked like a little scientist doll. Oh, look at this little scientist. He's so cute, said a girl named Cherry. I'm going to put him in the wind tunnel and watch him fly. This was exactly what Bob Pothesis wanted to hear. Cherry picked him up, and he stayed as still as he could. As she stuck him into the wind tunnel, she said, I think that little scientist
1: is alive.
0: All of the other tiny humans stared wide-eyed as Bob Pothesis shot up the wind tunnel and disappeared into the ether. He could feel himself dissolve into millions of tiny atoms. And then, just like that, he came back together again and landed in the science lab. Oh my, that was the most improbable adventure I have ever had. I must go tell Excusia all about it, exclaimed Bob Pothesis. But Excusia was nowhere to be found. She was being chased by a jaguar named Scardino in Peru. But that is a tale for another time. That's it for today's story in San Francisco that is right across the Golden Gate Bridge from me. Now, if you want to download the coloring page and see the photos that go with this story, remember, you can just visit gooptales.com forward slash episode 110. And if you love the story, please leave a review if you haven't yet at iTunes because it really helps to spread the word. Now, I love seeing your drawings. So if you're feeling creative, draw a picture of Bob Pothesis or any other goop that you love and ask a grown up to upload it to social media and tag us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. And don't forget, to go to shop.gooptales.com where you will find t-shirts with all of your favorite goops. And these t-shirts, we've changed them so that the goops are now in full color. I think you're going to love them. No, I know you're going to love them. Ah, we've also added posters with all of the goops from episodes one to 100. So just go to shop gooptails.com and it helps support Gooptails. And now I want to give a huge thanks to Lachlan, Ayla, Charlie, Joe, and Luke for sending in name suggestions. I keep all of your suggestions on a very, very long list with all of your amazing detail. So just because I haven't done your goop yet, Doesn't mean I'm not going to. So keep on using that imagination of yours, and I will see you in the next Goop Tale.